Hi everyone, you're not listening to Tales from a Homeworker. You're listening to Wolfstag with me, Michael Jones. Hello everyone, welcome back. Um, it's me, it's Mike, um, I'm with Wolfstag, and uh, the new show with the new name. Well, the same new show. It's 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 kind of what we were doing before, but a little bit more. Um, but yeah, we've changed the name. You'll have noticed been, there's been a name change. So first of all, if you haven't already, uh, make sure you go to your podcast provider of choice uh, and bookmark the new name you can still listen to the old shows um because they've all changed the name uh on the front of it i'll still call them tells from a homeworker in the in the middle of those old shows i've not gone back and edited anything um but you'll still you, you'll still be able to listen to them uh they're now listed under wolfstag so make sure you've you've subscribed to the to the new name uh to the new show um so yeah i changed the name um well the reasons for which were, it was always more than just uh, a show for those who work from home, um, and it kind of evolved. I think really for those of you, for those of you out there who were, who were um, returning to the show after the first season, you'll know that that first show was trial and error, and I tried lots of things, and there was plenty of errors. And for anybody that remembers the incredibly loud guitar riffs, you'll you'll know exactly what I'm talking about there. And the dodgy microphones from early doors as well, when the sound quality was was really rubbish. Um, so it was a bit of a work in progress, uh, and it was a bit of a, an evolution. And I think by the time we got to uh, episode eight, for those of you that followed the show last time, uh, I took a break at the end of episode seven, came back, revised, rejigged, uh, and from episode eight onwards, it really starts to become the thing which I, I hope it's going to be from uh, series two onwards. And it was just more than at the time of of when I first instigated, I thought let's let's do a podcast. I thought we'll call it Tales from a Homeworker because the lockdown had just started, and those of us that were that were working in offices and different places, uh, some of us were lucky, lucky enough to, to to work from home. And I just thought that would be a really good name for it. Um, but what I discovered was I think people thought it, that's all it was about. And I think some people looked at the name of it and thought that's really not for me. Um, and I, I don't want to exclude anybody. This is a podcast for, for absolutely everybody. And, and where we're going to go with it, I'll talk about it as we as we go on. Um, why Wolfstag? Well, that's the name that I used for poetry. Okay, which is still uh, Wolfstag uh, Poetry and Words, still available on Amazon. Get yourselves over there. Um, that's the name when I first started writing poetry and putting it out there because because um, I'm a big headed wretch. I thought I'll be the Banksy of poetry. I don't really want to put my name out there. I'll, I'll just have this nickname and I'll just be called that. Um, so the name kind of stuck, even though I came out and said, yeah, it's actually me that, that, that's writing it. To be completely honest, I was a little bit afraid of what people would think about me writing poetry. Um, you know, being all macho and all like that, you know, you have those little worries about <laughs> stupid stuff. That's me. Um, but I like the name. I like the name. It appealed to my Celtic side, my Celtic nature. Um, so I thought, well, let's let's carry on with that. and Let's do everything that I do 
under this Wolfstag moniker. Um, and off the back of that as well, I've actually um, created a brand new website. So head over to the website, guys, wolfstag.net. You'll find the links to the podcast. Um, there's my blog on there, which will accompany the stuff that I talk about uh, on the podcast. Um, any new writing, new poetry, uh, I'm going to test some stuff out on there as well and publish some stuff on there, but also there'll be links to anything that I publish properly. So if anybody's interested in uh, buying a copy of, uh, of my first poetry book, um, then the link will be on there. It'll take you to the Amazon site directly. Um, and you can get it paperback copy for you old timers that like the feel of a proper book uh, and for those of you tech wizards out there who like the kindles and the other reading devices you've got the option to to download it that way as well so fill your boots you know whatever works for you um, and also photography as well i've dabbled with um photography i like it i like a little bit of uh, landscape uh, photography and, and black and white really really appeals to me as well so i thought why not incorporate all of it and get uh, all of that on there so at the moment there's my old photographs on there and as i'm taking new ones i'm going to be creating new galleries for those so that's all over on the website anyway and, and go and check that out um so yeah so i thought we st I started to find a feel about where i was going with the podcast towards the end of uh, of the first season so i thought well if you're going to do it do it now change it up make it better now the, the way I'm going with this now, what I'm thinking about with this podcast is I wanted to make it for everybody. Now, there's a quote that is uh, attributed, um, rightly or wrongly, I don't know, I've done a bit of digging and I'm not entirely sure, but it's attributed to, to Jim Carrey, you know, the um, the comedy actor of, of many films, um, who is allegedly quoted as saying, uh, and whether it is or not, I don't care, but it's a, it's a fabulous quote. It's quoted as saying, I believe depression is legitimate, but I also believe that if you don't exercise, eat nutritious foods, get sunlight, get enough sleep, consume positive material, surround yourself with support, then you are giving yourself a fighting chance. And that's what I want this to be. I want it to be about sharing messages about all that stuff and about chasing your happy and finding the things that make your life a better life and a well-lived life and i'm not going to preach i'm on a learning curve with this um so i'll get inspiration from lots of other people and then what i'm going to do hopefully every week as well is have some guests uh some guests on the show in a new segment called a brew with um so keep a lookout for that every week there'll be someone new i'm talking to and there's going to be a completely diverse range of different people just talking about different things that that um that make their lives uh, worthy and really you know make them lives make their lives a life well lived um which is what i'm looking to do and that's hopefully what i'm going to share with everybody okay so that that idea about that quote really spoke to me because it's how I've really tried to live my life, uh, and I want to share my journey with you and other people's journeys with you around this this idea of what we call the five elements. Now I've I've spoken briefly about this previously on on old shows, and and then it was called the four elements, but it's now five elements. So the five elements being what we've kind of mentioned in that quote: there it's food and drink, so nutrition, it's exercise, it's connections that's connections with other people and the world around us nature and so on 
Um, it's about our thinking and our thoughts and what goes on in our heads. Um, and it's about sleep and rest and those things that we do to recharge the batteries. So this is for those who are working wherever or furloughed or looking for work or retired or a student or whatever. This all goes out to you. We've been through and we're still going through some tough times at the moment. And whether you've been depressed before or have encountered those feelings recently, then this goes out to you. If you have good mental health and are looking for ways to protect it, this goes out to you. So over the coming weeks, I'm going to share stories, news, advice and whatever. And if you want to contribute, if you want to share, contact me directly. I am Wolfstag at Outlook.com. Head over to the website at wolfstag.net. You can you can share your stuff on there. And if anybody wants to contribute, maybe be a guest on the show in the coming weeks and, and have a brew with me. I want to know, first of all, how you have your brew. That's important. Let's get the big questions out of the way. Uh, but do contact me and I'm happy to do that. So Wolfstag is a podcast that's dedicated to life, self-care, creativity, nature, conservation and the outdoors it really is for all of you happy campers out there and for those who are seeking happiness and a better way of life and each week we'll look at different topics all dedicated to making the most out of this wonderful life along with some stories and funny moments along the way hopefully i may even throw in an odd poem now and again For those of you that remember the last proper episode I did of um, Tales from Homework, as it was, um, you'll remember I mentioned uh, about holidays coming up. And as I come into uh, this this second series, or the, the brand new, let's reboot it, shall we? That's what Hollywood's keen on doing these days. It's a reboot. Um, so yeah, it's season two, but it's really season one of Wolfstag, isn't it? Anyway, you'll remember I mentioned about holidays coming up. Um, and I talked about going to Spain, um, which is happening still, touch wood, fingers crossed, and, and all, all the good luck charms to go with. Um, that's still happening at, uh, at the beginning of October. Um, I do apparently don't have to quarantine for two weeks when I come back, which will be fun. Not, but hey, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping, if the good lady will allow me, I might even record an episode of Wolfstag while I'm in Spain for you lucky people. So you might even get a recording of this uh, from uh, Española, uh, which would be fun, which would be good. I'll be doing it around the pool, sipping a sangria or some such concoction. Not um, uh, not Long Island iced teas. I would tell you about the Long Island iced tea incident. Don't go there. Oy, I've never fallen asleep with a kebab on my lap in my life ever until that night. And... Never will I ever be allowed to forget that. Um, but anyway, I'm moving on because that's not what I want to talk about here. Um, the other part of what I was doing with those holidays, if you remember, was going camping. Now, for those of you that's brand new to Wolfstag, if you're joining us right from the start, um, I haven't been camping since. It was first year camp, which is the first year of secondary school. So I was like 11, 12 years old at the time. No, I'd have been 12. 
because it had been like the, the I'm pretty sure it was like the, the summer um, leading up to the end of the first year. So I'd have been 12 years old and we went away with school. We went to uh, Tatton Hall in Cheshire and we camped there uh, and it was brilliant. It was amazing. Uh, and I loved it. Um, but never did it since. And now, some years later, I thought, oh, I really fancy doing that again. And and uh, and Karen said that that she had a tent and she was really keen to go camping again. She'd not done it for years, so we're kind of like, well, let's 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 do it. Let's let's pack up the tent and let's go. Um. So we did, and me in my usual way, I went completely over the top, I went completely bare grills, so I'm getting compasses and knives and hammers and torches that strap to your head and the whole nine yards. I, I probably thought I was Ray Mears, you know, out in the, out in the wilds of Borneo um, on a survivalist thing, and it's not that, it's a, it's a, it's a nice little tent on a campsite. Um, so, yeah. So we, we thought, let's do it. Let's give it a try. Let's see if we like it. Uh, and and since since then, we've actually been three times. We've, we've, we've squeezed a few in. Um, but that first time, guys, oh, my word, what an experience. Right, now we found, I'll do a bit of a shout out here. This isn't a sponsorship. I'm not getting paid for this. But I found a great website called coolcamping.com. And if you're looking to do a bit of camping yourself or you, you already do it and you're looking for, for great new sites, um, it's, a, it's a fantastic little website you can go to, um, and it gives you loads of um, campsites around the UK, uh, over in Ireland, and over into Europe as well. So if if and when we can we can get over back into like you know um, France and Spain and Italy and places like that, um, they'll they'll give you all those campsites, and you can book via there, and it's brilliant. And we did. Right, so I had a bit of a mooch around. I thought, let's see what's available out there. And the site that I picked was this site uh, up in North Yorkshire. So we did. We drove up there and we got our tent. Now our tent is, I mean, I'm not the tallest guy in the world. I'm like, I'm five foot seven. And if and I can hear some of you right now shouting at, at, your, at your phones, shut up, I'm five foot seven. Uh, but this tent's only like five foot tall. Right, it's just one of these it's little wee fellas that's got bedrooms at either end. We managed to squeeze into to, to one end and put all our gear in the other. But even so, we were walking around with bad backs the entire time, which will bring us on to something I'll talk about later. Um, but a fab, yeah, it was a fab experience. You know, it was it was a it was a great place up near a place which is beautiful. If you ever get a chance to go there, um, called Bolton Abbey, and I can't remember whether I mentioned this last last time out, but. Um, yeah, up in North Yorkshire, Bolton Abbey, and it's this, it's still a working abbey, but there's a part of it that's ruined, and it's got a great tract of land, you can do walks around there, which we did, and it was beautiful, and I got like tons of miles under my belt, um, and it was just amazing to be out in the countryside and do all that whole thing, uh, but still it was kind of like the, the, the weirdest kind of um, <laughs> camping trip you can imagine, and not without its its little fails along the way. Well, when we got there, when we camped, when we booked the place, it said there was this uh, local pub down the end of the road, little local little pub called the Dev. Everybody uses it. I thought brilliant. It sounds like one of those sort of like you know ragtag sort of places where someone's got a dog tied up on a bit of rope outside. You know, when you've got crusty old guys inside, you know, drinking pints of bitter and mild and stuff like that. So I was expecting a proper little sort of country pub. You know, like that one. 
have you ever seen American Werewolf in London right at the start and they're in that pub called the Slaughtered Lamb? I was properly expecting that sort of deal. Um, turns out it wasn't. This was a really, well, it, it was the Dev, is the Devonshire Arms, which is a fantastic place. It really is fantastic, but not what I was expecting. Now, we kind of got the sense of what this place was like as we walked the path to the pub. As we got about 100 yards away, we could hear this noise in the in the background. And this helicopter started to fly across the field. We were walking past this field at the time that was full of sheep, and the sheep just scattered because this helicopter descended and flew across the field. And we thought, oh, blimey, this is like what the cowboys do these days. Maybe this is this is how they herd the sheep. Because, you know, that's how you would do it in a helicopter. But no, no, it flew across the sheep and the sheep scattered. And it flew over to the pub and landed in the grounds of the pub. And the people got out and walked to the champagne and seafood outside bar. Um, and it turns out that this is quite a fancier place, a lot more fancy than we anticipated completely. Um, but we went inside and we had a couple of drinks. And, and uh, I asked for a packet of cheese and onion crisps at one point, and they brought me out this tub of, of in a cardboard box with a plastic lid, very fine, very fancy, of Yorkshire crisps, which are beautiful. Um, but they're not the packet of walkers I was expecting. So anyway, lovely place. Can't fault it, but very sort of way to waitress, you know, uh, waistcoat and tie sort of malarkey, fine dining inside. And, and we had we had Sunday lunch there, actually, uh, before we came home. Beautiful meal, but not cheap. Anyway, going past that. So we had a few drinks and we went back. Right, we cooked up um, a bit of a meal. I got my gas uh, stove burning. I, got, I had some little pans and stuff. We had some little spicy kebabs from the last weekend. Now, in hindsight, in a tent, that was a fail. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, gassy and indigestion in the knee. Um, so I didn't feel particularly well that night going to bed. But I made, and hands up here, I made a little bit of an error when, when we got there, right? Because when I booked it, I thought I booked electrical hookup. Right? I was pretty sure, pretty certain I booked electrical hookup. So we get there, and it turns out we don't. Oh, let's rewind a little bit. Karen's got a blow up mattress. Uh, and which we're going to take that. And it's one of those ones that you can plug in, you can blow it up, and it's happy days. You, kind of, you don't have to stand there, sort of like inflate the thing yourself. So the morning we go, she says, it's not a double, it's a single. I thought it was a double, but it's not it's a single. We can't take it, it's no good. All right, okay, don't worry about that, fine. We'll nip the shop, we'll go to the Argos up the road, I'll get a double mattress with a with a pump, right? 30 notes, dead easy, plug it in, happy days, off we go. So when we get to the campsite, electrical hook up, plug it in, yay, got a bed. We get there. And it turns out we don't have electrical hookup. I say, can, can we can we get it? Can we move to a spot? No, no, no. Really sorry, all all taken, all booked up. All right, I say, don't worry about it. So I come out and uh, embarrassed, embarrassingly, I 
tell Karen that we haven't got electrical hookup and therefore we haven't got a mattress we can blow up. You know what? Take it on the chin. You know, we, we, we worked it out. So we didn't have the blow up mattress. What we did have with us was two pillars, uh, a big chunky quilt and a couple of sleeping bags just in case it got cold. So we went, right, okay, dead easy. Let's unfurl the sleeping bags, right, one on top of the other. We'll lay them down on the ground and we'll get on the quilt. It'll be cosy. It'll be snug. No, it felt like sleeping on a bag of rocks. It was, it was horrible. It was awful. So we've had our, our, our kebab. So we're feeling a little bit of indigestion kicking in. We've got um, a bed that, that feels like it belonged in a prison. And by the way, we thought we pitched the tent on flat land. And as it turns out, or as, it, as we found down through the night, progressively, we weren't on flat land. We were on a slight a slope. So we're, we're, we're sort of slowly but surely sliding down into the corner of, of the little bedroom compartment, which is basically a bag within a tent. You never felt more like an oven-ready chicken in your entire life. So it was that, but I thought, no, do you know what? It's fine, we'll make do, it's the experience, it's camping, it'll be great. With the exception of what capped it all off, right, was the woman in the opposite tent. Now, we were spaced a fair distance away, to be fair. We, were, we weren't right on top of everybody else. You know, we, we kept a little bit of distance. So we thought noises would be of a minimum. And there was a little bit as we as we went to bed at night, you know, we could hear some people chatting and some people were having drinks still and a little bit of laughing and giggling. As you'd expect, fair dues, people are on the holidays, what you do. But this woman who we'd spotted outside, um, and we knew it was her the next day because when we got up in the morning, we could still, her entire family was up except for her and we could still hear it coming from the tent. So it was definitely her. Uh, I don't know what her name is and I, I didn't ask, right? If you listen to this, you know who you are. She snored. Oh my word. She snored loudly and consistently. And I don't mean she snored for a little bit and then it went quiet. I mean 11 hours of pepper pig grunting like <laughs> like non-stop. How she had vocal cords left in her throat the next morning, I will never know. It was horrific, and it just kept us awake the whole, whole night. I didn't sleep. At 2 a.m., I just just to sort of break away from it, I went to the toilets, and you had to go up a bit of a hill. Now, going, going to a toilet on a campsite is an experience in and of itself at the best of times. So I stick my flip-flops on, still got my jammers on, put a bit of a warm coat on, and I walked the two, three hundred yards up this little bit of a hill, and go into this little row of, of chemical toilet cubicles. I'm really selling this, aren't I, right now? It gets better, it does. Um, I can still hear her from the toilet. She's that loud, it's horrific. It's just, it's just really horrible. So, we get up the next morning. So we've slept on the floor, we've had indigestion all night, the woman snored, we've not slept. We get up in the morning, and it's raining, and we we managed to cobble together a bit of a, a, a breakfast of the morning. We did some bacon and, and bits and pieces. Oh, by the way, by the way, I emptied a tin of beans into my pan, and when I got the beans warm, I cracked a couple of, uh, I cracked a couple of eggs in 
<laughs> no, not what I originally said there. Ignore that bit. I cracked a couple of eggs in. You can poach eggs in beans. It's all right. It worked. Campfire cooking and all that was lovely. So we had a bit of a breakfast, but at this point we were tired, we were achy, we were miserable. And what should have been a several-day holiday in a camp turned into, very quickly, me looking across to Karen and saying, do you fancy booking into a travel lodge? And you know what? That's exactly what we did. That night we packed up the tent and left a day early. We should have been there two nights. We did the one. We managed the one. We we bottled it. And you know what? At the end of the, end of the holiday, we looked at each other and went, I did, did, did bottle this too soon? Should we have had more of a backbone and just muddled through that last night and, and, and sorted stuff out? We went, yeah, yeah. You know, we were we were a little bit too a little bit too soft, I think, you know, a little bit too spoilt, a little bit too used to our to our comfy beds and our luxuries and stuff. So there was a little bit of a, a, a regret, but that travel was really was really comfortable that night. Now it was just outside Swinton, uh, up in Yorkshire, which is a lovely part of the world. If you ever get a chance to go, head up there; it's lovely. But that night we ended up going to. Do you know what? It was probably weird because it was a pirate-themed pub in Yorkshire. There was pirate. I mean, it suits me down to the ground. I mean, anybody that knows me knows I love a little bit of piratey stuff. If I can dress up like Jack Sparrow, I'm I'm your man. You know, I'm the first one there. I love that kind of stuff. But still, it's kind of like a, a pirate-themed pub in Yorkshire was a little bit odd. Um, and, and the whole sort of experience was a little bit weird because on the way there, we... <laughs> as we were driving i didn't i didn't drive karen drove and she's concentrating on the road uh, and as we're driving up this this main a road it was a big heavy road to be fair there was this guy on a bike and he was leaning forward i thought this guy's giving it plenty of welly here because he's really leaning forward on his bike and thinking he, he obviously fancies himself as a bit of a chris Froome. didn't have the gear he wasn't one of those uh mammals you know mammals middle-aged men in lycra we saw those last weekend. Fair play to them. Go out there and fill your boots and do it. But um, it's not a pretty sight. Not for, certainly not from behind. No, this this guy was 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 jeans and a t shirt and, and leaning forward into his bike, sort of really huddled into it. And as she overtook him, as she pulled round and, and and overtook him, I, I give him a bit of a look just to sort of like give him a bit of a wave and just make sure he was okay. He was asleep. He was fast asleep on his bike. I kid you not. His head was down, his eyes were shut. How he didn't crash, I don't know. And we couldn't beep him. You couldn't do anything. Um, because you'd have made you'd have made him crash, you'd have caused the worst incident. And we, we we drove round a little bit, we went round the block and came back round again, because I think we took a little bit of a wrong turn. So we came back round, he was still there, he was pedalling away quite happily. But he just seemed to be completely out of it. He was either asleep or or a wee bit drunk. Um, but either way, yeah, yeah. So it was a weird, weird weekend, and we and we came away from it thinking, ah, do you know what? Should we, should we do it again? And we did. So this time we went up to Cumbria, um, to just outside the Lake District. And my word, what a complete utter change! We sorted out the mattress itch issue because I took this electrical uh, wireless pump gizmo thing that I bought for my car tires. We can you can do inflatables with it as well. Why I didn't take that with me the first time, I don't know. I'm, I'm an idiot. But I took it this time. We inflated the, the the bed, and we got we we learned that we needed some other bits and pieces. And we got we got those bits and pieces sorted, and we went up to this cracking 
little campsite. The only thing that let it down really was the fact that it was a bit wet that weekend. It rained. It was a little bit muddy around there. But we had a campfire and we were in a shady tree area that had like this real sort of babbling brook stream that ran through it. And it was just bliss. And we went driving around the lakes, Coniston and Windermere. Went up to Keswick, which is beautiful. If you, I mean, I'm, I'm probably preaching to the converted here, but I'm a proper sort of convert now to, to to camping and to getting out into nature. I mean, I love that anyway. I love going out for walks and so to woodlands and nature and coasts and stuff like that. Um, but just sleeping under the stars now, it's just it's just fabulous. It's brilliant. But we came away from that realizing that the, the tent that we had, you know, it's it's not a bad tent by any means, but it's just too tiny for. If you if you're sort of like nineteen twenty, you'll cope with it perfectly well. But I haven't got a nineteen year old back anymore. Um, so we came back from Cumbria, loved every minute of it, fantastic. Um, and bought a brand new tent. Um, this one's six foot five, massive big living space, big windows, big bedroom, brilliant. Got some extra bits and pieces. We're camping in luxury now; it's amazing. So we did our last last trip of the year a couple of weeks ago not too far just out just on the outskirts of Chester and it was brill and, and I'm properly into it now um so do you know what if you are as well if you've got if there's anybody out there that's also campers and you want to share your stories I'm really keen to hear from you um what I would say is if you're ever if you're ever camping around Cheshire there's a great little place I, I don't know whether to mention it by name because there's a funny little incident that happened there but it, they sell ice cream and they're a farm and they're in Cheshire you can work the rest out for yourself. But they've got a drive-through part. And on the last day, we, we just went for a little weekend, a little cheeky weekend, just to try out the new tent. And on the last day, we went through the drive-through. We'll get a couple of, couple of little ice creams. We've already, at this point, we've already had a full English breakfast, may I add. Uh, but, you know, it's lunchtime, so obviously ice cream. So we go to the drive-through, and we order our little ice creams. I had a raspberry ripple. Um... I can't remember what Karen had now. It was some other flavour. But she wanted a tub. They do these tubs of ice cream, okay? And this this, this flavour that she raved about, black currants and licorice. Now, it's not on the menu as we go in. We couldn't see it on the board. So we pull up to the drive-thru window, and there's a girl, a little computer thing. And we say, we didn't see it on the board, but we'd like a tub, a litre tub of your ice cream. But the one that we want is black currants and licorice. Do you have it? Let me have a look for you. She tooled away on a little computer there. No, sorry, we haven't got any black currants and licorice. Sorry about that. Let me just have a look at something else for you. Tapping away, she does. And a second later, she goes, Oh, tell you what we do have. Licorice and black currants. I look at Karen. Karen looks at me. At this point, I'm wondering whether I've missed something. We look back at the girl and go, Yeah, that'll do instead. Thank you very much. And off we went. Camping's brilliant. I talk a lot about self-care and, and largely a lot of what this podcast is about is about self-care. And it's different elements and it's different aspects. And certainly one of those, the, certainly the big one for me is connection and connection with nature, with 
wildlife, getting out into the open, into the woods, into the forests, the coasts, the countryside, and enjoying and breathing in and taking in all that that gives us. Because in terms of our health and our mental health, it's, you know, it, it's positive benefits are just uncountable, really. Um, but we're not doing the same back. And it's got to be a, a, a mutual uh, agreement that we have with the nature around us. Uh, on Sunday night, I watched David Attenborough's program, Extinction the Facts. And yeah, my anxiety levels uh, by the end of that show were, were high. But I wouldn't draw away from it. I wouldn't stop watching it. And we all need to do that. We can't now shy away from the fact that we are causing massive problems to the planet that we live on. And we can't go anywhere else. This is it, guys. It's not like we can just up sticks and move on to the next one. This is home, and we're slowly destroying it. And we need to do more individually. And yes, the governments around the world absolutely need to do more, but it starts with us. We cannot sit back and just go, Boris isn't doing this, or Donald's not doing that, or whichever president or prime minister's not doing whatever. We need to do our own things. We need to start to take action. We need to start to make the changes in our lives that's going to save us, that's going to save our children, our grandchildren, and our generations down the line. Now, how do we do this? I mean, it's in some respects, it's complicated. In other respects, it's simple. But certainly from our point of view, we absolutely need to start consuming less stuff. They were saying in the show that a person in America, for example, compared to a person in India, consumes seven times more goods, food, just, just a general consumption rate, seven times more than a person in India. Do they need that? No. I mean, and we can't be far behind that, really. I mean, just check yourselves here. I mean, and I've done this recently. I mean, I've, got, I've gone to my wardrobe, and I've, I've gone through my wardrobe of clothes, of things that I've bought. And I've got tons of stuff, and I've just given a whole load of stuff to charity. Hopefully, it can it can recycle it. I'll do some other people some good, and save them buying brand new all the time. Um, and I'm I'm very guilty of this, and I certainly have been. It's certainly something that I I need to address. Um, consuming things that I don't really need. Um, and I've walked away from that show last night feeling really guilty about it. Um. So we absolutely need to. In terms of food, you know, you go into supermarkets these days and there's so much choice and there's so many offers. You know, buy one, get I mean, buy one, get one freeze are ridiculous. Uh, especially when it comes to fresh fruit and vegetables. It's just insane. You know, you buy a bag of fruit, you know, whatever it might be, you stick it in a bowl at home and watch it rot. It's kind of what are you doing? And even if you you are buying some of these goods, I mean, check where some of these things are coming from. And if they're coming from countries that are producing uh, goods uh, and food unethically, put them back and choose something else, right? We need to start making smarter choices. When you're picking up that piece of meat, well, one thing, and that's another thing for us as well, is the amount of meat we consume, the amount of beef that we consume um, across the world is just insane. Now, for some of you, vegetarianism, veganism is a natural choice, and you know, all power to you. Um, I, for me, I'm going to start eating less meat. I don't know whether at this point I'm ready to go vegetarian completely. 
that might might be something that I get drawn more towards. But it certainly made me stop and think last night about the amount of uh, meat that you consume in your diet. Um, there's other things we can do as well. Again, reduce reduce waste and just let's be a little bit more canny about you know recycling and getting rid of some of that stuff. I mean, it it really is quite insane when you go into some supermarkets and the amount of packaging and wrapping and plastic that's being used on on certain items and it's too much it is too much the other thing in terms of food waste in this country which which really annoys me is this idea of you know ugly vegetables you know and some supermarkets are getting better with that with offering you the the wonky fruit and veg bags you know or whatever the you call it whatever they term it um in in their supermarkets um but come on, it, why, do, why do we need to have pretty vegetables and ugly vegetables? You know, a pear is a pear, an apple is an apple, a potato is a potato. Stop separating that stuff out and just put them in bags in front of us. No, don't put them in bags in front of us. Again, it's more waste, it's rubbish. Put them in trays in front of us like they used to do. I'm old enough to remember proper... And you're lucky sometimes, you can still in your areas, depending on where you are, still get proper green grocers and not everything is bagged up for one that's more expensive anyway you just go in you just go and weigh a bag of of bananas that's for a pound you know there's one pound easy grab bag of bananas go and stick them on the scales i guarantee you you've got 60 pence 70 pence worth of bananas it's a con it's a rip off stop doing it buy your fruit and veggies loose um i mean i'm old enough to remember like say proper green grocers where you can go in and just yeah, I want that many potatoes. I want, you know, I want so many carrots because I'm only cooking that tonight. I don't need a whole bag. I don't need several kilos of this stuff. I don't need buy one, get one, freeze. This is what I'm cooking. This is what I need. And you buy it loose and there's very little waste then. Very little waste at all. Um, and start with, like I say, stop buying things that's just going to go into your fridge and your cupboards that you're going to end up throwing away in a couple of weeks. You know, it's insane. And it's going to be better off for your pocket as well. You're going to save money by doing that. So you just need to be smart and less impulsive. You've got to really think about this because supermarkets are designed to appeal to the impulse. They're there to make money at the end of the day, right? They don't care whether you're eating it or chucking it in the bin. They just want to see your cash, right? So just be smarter about this. It was a tough show to watch that last night. Um or say Sunday night, depending on when you're, when you're listening to this this podcast back. The one thing that was really alarming is, I don't know whether you, if you've watched it, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you've not watched it, please do go and um, catch it on the iPlayer. Um, now, so I know, and I know some people, the politics get involved in this, because some people completely believe it, because the science backs it up. Uh, other people think it's a con. Look, believe what you want to believe, but there's 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 facts out there, and you can't have alternative facts. There's no alternative facts here. You know these are cold stone facts. We are losing vast tracts of land. We are losing animals at an alarming rate. I mean, two thirds of two thirds of uh, vertebrates to be extinct. You know, in the space of fifty years, uh, we've got a million species of animals facing extinction right now. Um, the planet is warming up. You know, it's it's their plane to see, and the evidence is there. Okay, 
but the extinction rate there is now some people say well there's natural extinction and animals do it do go extinct that's what happens and absolutely that's true but you'll have seen from the graphic last night that there is a natural extinction rate this blue line of extinction and we have over the generations the eons lost animals that will not return that's just how an ecosystem works that is how biodiversity works you know animals will die other animals will come back it's what's happened throughout history but this red line this current extinction rate over the past 100 150 years has just skyrocketed and there's there's no i mean there's very you know very few times there's a coincidence ever true and this all started to happen around about the time of the industrial revolution now we started to produce and pollute and travel more and populations began to expand massively you know and is it any wonder that nature's trying to fight back you know we're encroaching in the territories and as they very clearly said it's the encroaching into these territories and interacting with animals that we haven't interacted before that has produced an awful lot of these diseases now that we're trying to fight um, you know, it's starting, I mean, probably didn't start with them, but one of the biggest ones I can think of in my lifetime was AIDS. Started from the animal kingdom and got transferred across, you know, these wet markets, you know, uh, SARS, Ebola, swine flu, and now we've got COVID-19. Now, COVID-19 has been awful. It's killed a lot of people, but the, for the vast majority of us, it's been an inconvenience. Let's be honest, it's been an inconvenience and very little else, okay? But maybe the next one, maybe COVID-20, 21, or whatever they want to term it, when it hits, maybe it isn't going to be an inconvenience. Maybe it isn't going to be something that the young and the fit can shake off. Maybe it's going to be something that, that takes us all out. And maybe it's nature's way of trying to redress the balance. It felt very much last night that human beings were a parasite on, a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on an animal. And, and this animal's fighting back. And nature is fighting back. And if we don't do something to correct our ways, nature's going to sort us out for it. The next pandemic is going to be disastrous, you know, and I want to save our generations. I look at my, my little niece now, my little four-year-old niece, and I want a world for her. And if we carry on the way that we're carrying on, I don't want to sound all preachy, I really don't, but it, 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 it touched me last night and we really need to to do better than we're doing where you're not doing well enough um but i want to look after her future generations i want her to have children and grandchildren and have have them grow up in a world that is safe and sustainable and allows us all to live good happy healthy lives it's what we all want at the end of the day a good happy healthy life and we have to address all aspects of that you can't just ignore it because it's inconvenient or it's too difficult or you think it's a, a bigger problem than you. Yeah, it's a bigger problem than the individual, but lots of individuals together can create um, an army of will, of strength and of determination to fix these things. If we want to do it, we can do it. I please want to do it. Okay, that's enough. Okay, that felt like a little bit of a rant, <laughs> and, and I got myself, yeah, I got myself a little bit down there. Um, but yeah, needed to be said, guys. Anyway, 
let's think about some of the positive things we can do um, to make things a little bit better. And, you know, we, we all need to, as I said, we all need to make our own little individual impact. Um, one of the things I did this year, and I've heard about it a few times, um, was hedgehogs and the decline of hedgehogs uh, in our gardens. Um, and I remember seeing hedgehogs in the garden as a kid, uh, you know, quite a lot. Um, and then over the past few years, I'd stopped seeing them. Uh, it, it told me to actually stop and realise when people were talking about these hedgehog corridors that basically had barriered the garden. Um, and there was no way for, for hedgehogs to actually travel in and out of the garden. So um, what we did um, a little earlier on in the year is put a hedgehog corridor through. Basically created this tunnel uh, under the fences in the garden. And we wondered whether um, this was going to uh, work or not. But within a day, there was a hedgehog in the garden, came right up to the doors uh, at the back of the house and, and poked its little nose through. And we've had a bit more hedgehog traffic coming through uh, the, the garden since. And it's brilliant for them. It gives them safe spaces and safe corridors to walk through. So if you've not, if you want to encourage wildlife into your garden, do you know what, guys? It is an amazing thing to see natural wildlife in your garden to, to sit and watch uh, the wild birds get some bird feeders as well and uh, get yourself some bird feeders put some wild bird seed out there and just watch the the amount of different species that that fly into your garden now i i i've got one of these things i've got a pet hate and it's caged birds i oh um, I grew up with a, with with family members with cage birds, and the, you know the lovely people have the budgies and canaries and stuff like that. But it, it, as I've got older, it struck me that it's it's a prison for them, and I much prefer seeing them in their natural habitat. So I, I never ever want a cage bird, but to feed the birds outside, the wild birds outside, and we've we've had all sorts uh, come into the garden over the past uh, few years, and it's brilliant just to sit and watch them and spot them um so yeah to do that um but the hedgehog corridor um it can be um like um a, a wooden corridor you could do that or what i use as a piece of old uh, uh like chimney pipe type stuff you know the clay sort of pipes that was quite wide it's about six eight, eight inches wide and granted the cats the local cats use it as well but pff, they're going to come into your garden regardless um but yeah, pop that under the fence, and now the hedgehogs are coming in out of the garden. It's it's fab. And if you've got slugs in your garden that are eating your plants, get your hedgehogs in. Slugs. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a hedgehog buffet, right? Again, it's one of those things. It's kind of people use pesticides in their garden. Stop using pesticides. Start introducing um, wildlife into your garden that's going to pick off those bugs. So encourage the butterflies, the bees, and the other... Um, you know, the spiders in your garden, wasps. People hate wasps, but you know what? Wasps are fantastic for getting rid of some of those uh, aphids and stuff like that. You know, green fly that, you know, they're just devastating your, your plants. Within that as well, you know, to do that, start letting your garden get, or at least allow some of your garden to get a little bit wild. You know, plant some um, uh wildflower sort of corridors and stuff and that's certainly something i haven't done it this year but i'm going to do it next year is just dedicate areas of the garden to wildflowers just get some wild uh flower seeds and they're cheap enough to pick up you can get them online you can go to your local garden center just scatter them around and just let them grow and you know what they are beautiful 
the lovely we over manicure gardens sometimes you know we, we you know and, and mow the lawn we just you know we have very very short grass um and do you know what just just let it grow leave it leave it alone or allow a patch of it just to grow and just let the wildlife take it back over so um, and it's, it, it'll encourage the, the, let's say, the butterflies and the bees. The bees are under threat at the moment. You know, bee populations across the UK, for example, have, have started to drop massively over the past few years. And again, it's because a lot of of their their habitats uh, have been destroyed with development with farming. Uh, and farmers are starting to they're being incentivized to do this now. If anybody watched the recent show with Jimmy Doherty. Um, Governments are a little bit, yeah, but there are some incentives out there to get the farmers to do this. But we can all do our own little bit as well. Okay, so just let a patch of your garden, if you've got some garden, let that grow wild. Maybe you don't have a garden, maybe you live in a terraced house, but you can have pots and stuff, grow bags, uh, window boxes. Let the wildflowers grow in those ones that encourage you know, the wildlife. And what happens is then is you get what they call these bee corridors, so the bees can travel from from flower to flower, from plant to plant, from garden to garden, okay? And once that starts to happen, they'll begin to, to really start to come back and begin to thrive again. But we've got to do that. We've destroyed an awful lot of their, their home. We need to give some of that back. Um, other little places as well, you know, if you've got a big enough garden to do it, create a little log pile um, in the garden somewhere. You know, just, um, you know, when you see trees cut down, often the councils come along and get rid of them. See if you can get some. Um, and just just create a pile in your garden. It attracts all sorts of wildlife there. You know, insects and bugs. Get the insects and bugs back in your garden. I always used to be a little bit of a wuss when it comes to insects and bugs, but you know, I need to I need to grow up a little bit. You know, these things are fantastic in your garden, and they do so so much good. Um, there's there's loads of things you can do. What I'm going to be doing, all these things I'm talking about in terms of nature and conservation, because I'm very passionate about it, and sometimes my brain races quicker than my mouth, um, so I can't always get the help and advice over that I want to. So I'm going to start putting it onto uh, the website wolfstag.net. So just keep an eye on the blog, and there's, if there's anything I come across, handy little hints and tips about doing, you know, doing these things ourselves, whether it's you know better living, better shopping, less waste that I talked about, creating these bee corridors, hedgehog corridors, stuff like that. Whatever I've come across that's helpful, I'll put it out there. And if anybody has anything like this as well that they want to share, please do get in, in touch. If you think there's something that we all could be doing and we don't know enough about it, please let me know and I will put it out there and I'll share it with everybody. Great. Okay. Let's move on. Cheers, guys. What I'm going to be doing over the coming weeks is a new segment of the show called A Brew With. Um, I've got a few guests lined up already. What I'm going to be doing is inviting people onto the podcast uh, to talk about a particular thing that they are passionate about, and maybe a way they live their life, self-care, something that they're interested in, um, that would be really good for them to, to, to share with an audience. Um, but first of all, you know, if you're going to sit down and have a chat with someone, you've got to have a brew, so I want to know how you like it. So um, if anybody uh, is interested in taking part in that, if there's any listeners out there that go, I've got something I'd really like to share with with an audience, please do get in touch with me. I am Wolfstag at Outlook.com. Uh, go to wolfstag.net um, and, and contact me that way. Or find me on social media. 
uh, you'll, you'll usually find me on Instagram as, as opposed to the, the other sites, but you can find me on Facebook and Twitter. Um, so, yeah, it'll be an interesting one, and I'll let you know who the guests are in the coming weeks. Thank you to everybody that bought the uh, poetry book, Wolfstag Poetry and Words. I really do appreciate it. It is still available to purchase. Um, so if you want to head over to Amazon, you need to Google Wolfstag and find it that way. Or head over to my website, uh, wolfstag.net, and the link to the book is there, which you can buy um, old school paper book, paper book, paperback, styly. Um, or Kindle for you, for you tech wizards out there. If you want to read it that way, you absolutely can. They're both available in those formats. Um, I'm still writing, of course I am. Of course I'm still writing and I'm, uh, I'm getting some poems together now. And as, as the inspiration takes me, I write stuff down, I do it. So you never know, there might be a, there might be a book too, hopefully at some point in the future. Uh, and I'm also, oh God, I've been working on this for so long now. Um, I'm also working on a novel, which now has a proper idea behind it, driving it forward. Uh, and that is a work in progress, and just watch this space as far as that's concerned. What I thought I'd do here for you, though, is um, share with you one of the new ones that I've written. So you're getting a little bit of a sneaky peek here for what might actually end up in, in book two. Uh, this one I call Just Say the Words. Just say the words and take my hand. I'll never judge. Please understand. I know you're scared, I know it's tough, but there's a world of kind and love. You're not alone, don't be afraid. The best decision you ever made will be to take my hand, be brave and share that you need help and I'll be there. When I was five years old, my mother always told me that happiness was the key to life. When I went to school, they asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. I wrote down happy. They told me I didn't understand the assignment. And I told them they didn't understand life. Now, you've probably read, read that uh, online. It's, it's one of those internet memes um, that you've seen. You'll have seen it loads of times, and it's often attributed to John Lennon. Rightly, possibly wrongly, actually, as it turns out, if you do your research, you, you, you find out that it might not have actually been him that said it. But regardless of who said it, it's absolutely true. If there's one thing that my years have taught me is as much as you can, you can have, um, you know, wants, um, ambitions, things you want to do uh, in, in life, ultimately it's about being happy. Um, and I think that's what we're all doing, really, isn't it? Chasing happy. I know it's certainly what I'm doing. And I found a lot of happy recently. Took a bit of unhappy to get there. But, you know, life will teach us lessons. We have to listen to those lessons. And that's the point. It goes back to that old Nelson Mandela quote. Is I never lose. I either win or I learn. And that really is my my attitude towards towards life. You know, you're gonna have some tough times, but for the tough times that I've been through, it's always led on to something better because I've taken those lessons, and I've changed my life accordingly to do that. And that's hopefully what this podcast is going to be all about. Uh, and each week we're going to look at that. 
So whether it's, you know, self-care or mental health awareness or, you know, the people that I talk to when I'm having a brew with them, you know, the things that they do and they're into, the way they live their lives, you know, whether it's conservation, the environment, whether it's about cooking a great meal, you know, whether it's about, you know, doing an exercise or doing a sport or learning musical instruments, it's all about chasing happy. That's it for this week, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, this has been Wolf's Dog. See you next week. Head over to the Wolf's Dog website now for links to how you can listen to the podcast on other forums, to check out my photography, uh, to follow the blog, and I might even drop a few poems in there for you, and links to how to buy Wolfstag Poetry and Words, my first poetry book, www.wolfstag.net. Looking forward to seeing you there.